Celebrate Pride Month with TVO. Visit tvo.me slash pride for documentaries, kid shows, and educational resources. Discover inspiring stories of love, friendship, and resilience. Welcome to This Being Human. I'm your host, Abdurrahman Malik. On this podcast, I talk to extraordinary people from all over the world whose life, ideas, and art are shaped by Muslim culture. I'm doing my best to form a visual memory about wars, not only just in Yemen, but I hope in the future. This is my future project. So now in the exile, I'm continuing doing this anyway. Today, Yemeni street artist Murad Subay on art in a time of war. There's a recent series of paintings up on Murad Subay's Instagram account. It's called Bodies and Language. The paintings show black and white bodies against a red background. They're contorted into the shapes of letters, spelling words in English and Arabic, words like war and fear. It's a new project that I launched to to question the language. You know, the language of hatred, the language of war. And we are focused on the language that we are using nowadays. It's really full of blood, you know, full of death, full of fears. The fears that lead us to this. Murad posted a video of himself working on the series. I was struck to see him painting with his fingers. You know, it's always I'm trying to do, like, to put my spirit in every painting, whether it's a good piece or a piece that I'm not satisfied of. So to be closer, sometimes I put my fingers, you know, it's this is the way you feel. I'm touching it, you know. It's maybe a childish thing to see, but sometimes I'm talking to the paint, you know, to the canvas and say, hey, be good to me and I will be good to you. Even if you have to kiss the canvas and to kiss the... You have to do it. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's all about love, Murad. <laughs> well, it's, indeed, indeed. It's, it's the love, yeah, indeed. Murad speaks about all of his art with this kind of passion and purpose. He works mostly in campaigns, series of thematically linked paintings. His canvas, The Bullet-Ridden Walls of Yemen. It's impossible to separate his work from the context he grew up in, surrounded by revolution and war. His style is reminiscent of Edward Gorey with a bit of Andy Warhol or Keith Haring thrown in. Murad has been called the Yemeni Banksy, but unlike Banksy, he works openly and in daylight, collaborating with fellow artists and passers-by, anyone who wants to join in. Murad Soubey joined me from Aix-en-Provence, France, where he's currently living as a refugee. Murad, let, let's go back to 2012. So as we go back to 2012, Yemen has recently had a political revolution, and you decide it's time for your first street campaign. And you call this first campaign color the walls of your city. And that campaign from the pictures that I've seen is full of color 
and joy and bold images. What was driving you as you began this as you began this fascinating street art campaign? The time came for the revolution. I was engaged in political in 2007 really strongly. And then in 2011, I was one of the millions of Yemenis, but the first to engage in the revolution. There was a disappointment mm. after that, which is the, the anti-revolution. You know, it started from inside the revolution itself and then also by the regime. You know, I was living in this area called in the hotspot, which is divided Sana'a to the north and south, you know, and I was really disappointed, you know. I don't want to take Kleshinkov. There is a lot of millions of Kleshinkov and, and weapons in Yemen. It's the easiest way to take it. But, you know, I, I had nothing, you know. So, okay, I have colors. It was really simple pieces that I started. I called people to join in this campaign. For one week, I was alone, but I was surprised after one week the Yemenis, how they came to color because they were afraid and they are tired of war and conflict. Children, even soldiers, if I tell you, even passerbys, even the sellers who are in the cross round of the roots, they were joining to paint on the walls to cover the bullets and the trace of the RBG and, um, you know, uh, bombs in, in the walls and the buildings. You know, we often think of Especially, we often think of the graffiti artist, right? Particularly in Europe and the West, so to speak, as being the genius artist working alone under the cover of night. And that's so not you. I mean, the fact that your work immediately invited artists, friends, strangers, soldiers, police, mothers, grandmothers, fathers to just join in is so powerful and beautiful and speaks to the culture of the Yemen. But I want to know, why do you work this way, Murad? Is it just natural for you to be open and hospitable and welcoming that way in terms of your artwork? Or is it something that you had to kind of think through and kind of do intentionally? Or is it both? In fact, I am introvert. I love to stay alone. This is this is really I, if, I, I, that, I, that surprises me. That surprises me. No, Abdurrahman, really. If I tell you that I was when there is a visitors to the house because you know uh, the family house because my brother he was always inviting intellectuals from around the world and Yemen too to the house. So I was always eating alone. I don't like to eat with the visitors. Okay, who taught me to be social? Is the people who joined the campaigns because I was doing like just a call on the internet and say. It's the first time I say this because you, you go deeper, actually. After 12 years, the first time I speak about this. And I was really surprised when I was doing the wall the first day after one week. And I go back and I see a long line of people. And in the other sides also, children, they are printing on the wall. Amazing. The fact <laughs> is this, the people, and imagine this is after a disappointment of a revolution, you know. The people... The spirit of joy, the real reason and success behind the establishment of the street art and those campaigns to make them stronger in the community in Yemen, it is the people themselves. But also there was something else, Abdurrahman. They didn't come just because they find a wall and, okay, there is a color and they are not stupid, you know. There was a very important question they asked me before. From where you get your fund? I tell them, hey, 
I bring my colors, what I can, because we are skeptical people. I said, I'm bringing my colors by myself. Anyone who can help us to bring colors, they bring, not money. I don't want money. Don't give me a cash. I will not accept because always money ruins everything. So the thing is this, people start to bring their own colors by themselves and to paint. Because this is the idea. If you have a perfect idea, you have to protect it, first of all, from the money, from the people who want to steal it. I feel you, Murad. And in fact, I feel as the war, as the revolution, as you said, the hope of the revolution comes to the end. And as war erupts in Yemen again, I feel like your art loses its color, literally. Like many of your campaigns that follow, like ruins and faces of war, are now almost monochromatic. They're haunting images done in in one or two colors, done with negative space, and yet they're still campaigns. So tell me a little bit about when your art starts to lose its color. At that point, what's your... For lack of a better word, what's your aspiration? What's your agenda? Or are you just sharing what you're feeling? What's going on in that transformation from color your street to ruins and faces of war? Well, actually, what drives me is that I live this moment. Mm. And also, I start to get in the heads of people as well. You know, if before I start a new project, I have to, you know, it's like a sponge. You have to put it in a, like a, a water and then to take part of this water you know or to to swack it you know so i have to go spiritually by spirit and by heart like i did with uh enforced disappearance families and then the ruins sometimes i have to visit the place where i'm indifferent not only once it's just two three times you know sometimes to see it in different way in different time you meet new people so you have to feel it but there is a pride in this i'm not here to say that the Yemenis are victims. The Yemenis are suffering, it's struggling. It's with respect to look to any person who suffered the war. They are struggling, not victims. They are fighting to be victimized because what I noticed that when the international media, they show Yemenis, I mean, it's a really disgusting image. You know how they broken wings, the people who have no charisma, the people who have even like this, you know. No, it's disgusting. This is dehumanizing. While in some other places, they show the pride. Even they are victims. So no, Abdul Rahman, always when I'm talking about victims and struggling people here, I'm speaking that we should respect how much they are standing. I feel like, like in some ways your campaigns are giving voice to the lived experience of the Yemeni people and creating a space where they can first of all see themselves. And in a way, they know that they're being listened to, that their struggles, their resilience, the tragedies that they're facing, the incredible hope that they have is represented somewhere. And Murad Sobey, in a way, is doing his part to represent that. It, it, this is the meaning of it, campaigns. It's, it's not just centralized about me, you know. I launched the idea, I launched the theme, and then I lit it. Because if you have a good idea with love created, and then a noble intuition, mm-hmm. and you continue, you'll be surprised. I mean, if I tell you that one of the biggest campaigns that I launched in Yemen, that led to finding people alive after three decades of disappearance, 
It's called The Walls Remember Their Faces. And uh, for seven months, we painted around 800 with a reputation of for 102 persons who disappeared. That led to discussion in the parliament and blah, blah. And unfortunately, this was prevented and, and interrupted by the war later and other uh, actions. But this campaign started with around half dollar. An idea. It's a half dollar, less than a half dollar, because now the dollar is 600 real. It was started by 350 real. So the thing is, it's not about the quantity or money you have. Maybe you have uh, millions, but you cannot lead anything because you have to have the idea and also the noble intuition. And I'm, I'm now 35 years old. I can say, Abdurrahman, that I hope that I'm on the right way. You know, I never, yes, there was a lot of cost. The person has to pay, but uh, it's perfect to be like this, you know. <laughs> I can sleep well <laughs> you know, in the you night. Know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can only sleep well when you have integrity, and I can hear your integrity, Murad. Murad, you know, I actually hate comparisons between artists in some ways because it's a shorthand to kind of explain somebody's work and not do the due diligence and hard work of engaging with them. But you have been called the Yemeni Banksy. And I want to know what you think about that comparison. You know, first of all, it's all the greetings to uh, to Banksy, you know. He's a legend, you know, artist. And, uh, well, I no need to speak about him because he doesn't need anyone to speak about him uh, anymore. So uh, the thing is this, I'm a humble artist, you know. I have my story, you know. I have a small name. It's Murad, what, that my father gave it to me after one month. Huh? Because the story of this, my father was working in another country where, and he has to send a cassette. You know the cassette in, in 80s, you know. So I was without a name for one month until my father decided my name, you know, send in a cassette. You have to call this person <laughs> Murad. So I can imagine the journey of the cassette when he go and come back, you know. So, you know, he's a great artist. It's an honor to be compared, uh, that my work compared to him. Also, there is uh, a side of a story of my work with my people, you know, in Yemen during the revolution and then the war and then now in exile. You know, sometimes... Uh, if you just the Yemeni banks, you've seen it here sometimes. The idea of it, it's just ah, the Yemeni banks. You see, it's a second version because there is a, a great poet. His name is Nizar Gabani, and he said that the community, the people, never accept the second version. You know, so of course uh, it's great to be um, a second version of Banksy. You know, but voila, that's it. You know, but I, he's he's great. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess the real difference for me is, and that's a that's a very generous answer, Murad. And you are Murad Subai, and and your work stands on its own. And you know, just looking at your work over the past sort of decade, decade and a half, there's a look and a feel to it. And you know, Banksy works in the middle of the night with no one around. That's part of his artifice. That's part of his process. You've always worked openly. You've used your own name. Murad, how dangerous has it been to do the work that you do in the country and homeland that you come from? Okay, I tell you this story. Of course, I understand the situation of an artist in, in Europe, because in the beginning, if they do not do this, there will be fees 
to be fees to take to pay money a lot if they've caught them the police but in Yemen for example my brother he was shot because of his opinions in his legs the two legs so he has to leave Yemen and then I left uh, Yemen after him by two years when I started to paint in the revolution the people were protecting me I was protected by the people because we have in the transitional period we had a strong existence as youth and people you know we can influence things but then after you will be subjected to threat psychological threats you have no idea sometimes it can drive you um there was a very difficult moment in my life in 2017 between may until november so this period was really complicated for me in terms of psychology and uh, financial and everything where i was thinking i'm i'm about to drive to get crazy but i used this energy to create a very important project which called phases of war which i'm still continue working on this project until now in exile so there is a lot of complications because you have to think ah okay i don't have anything to lose because already your friends been assassinated a lot of intellectual been killed poisoned so this is the thing you have to close your door with a strong because in the night always there is was this psychological where they attack in the night to a custody to took you to a custody i've been subjected two times to uh, abdurrahman to investigations and uh, it, it's it's like this it's like a risk when you find yourself in a situation this is the good thing about human beings you have to accustom whether not to be obedient to fight of course to accustom but you have to be strong enough to understand your blood is not really precious than the others already people lost their life you saw them and uh, voila just this you know i found myself in that situation and i moved on that's it and you kept doing the art though throughout all of this you kept painting you kept doing it abdurrahman if i tell you this why i want to go back again to war zone areas because there is something else the eyes of the people when say they saw they were say, watching me doing art it's incredible this feeling you will not feel it in the mo- even moma even uh, i don't know what british museum or i don't know the biggest uh, louvre you will not have this feeling to do a wall in a war zone this is why i'm just i'm missing something i feel that yes now i'm in a safe country and i have sometimes to work other jobs to make a living to continue because the art of my mind it doesn't feed usually always because you have it's different the world market is really selective also as well so this is the thing you know it's really different when you see the people how they believe in you you know you say sometimes they tell me hey what are you doing <laughs> this ruins you know, what are you doing it's it's really incredible you know Murad recently made a mural called Diaspora that captures some of his feelings about leaving his home country. The painting looks like a cut-off film strip. It shows three people reaching out to each other, but pieces of themselves, a hand, a foot are left behind. Imagine a person who has two feet. one in a country and the other in a country stable country and a country at war so you are not really stable you cannot imagine this it sometimes can crush you 
it drive you to be crazy whether you're disconnect with the country or the others because i have this already seen many experience of people who they have to cut with their families because they cannot do anything for them so they felt useless you know so it's normal it's normal so there is no judgment in here but to have also in this such experience which is we call it al-balwa to be uh, it's really powerful it's it's voila it's just this no, it's, it's as you speak about it, I think anyone who's experienced being part of diaspora or migration or movement or has that in their DNA will understand it, right? This idea of instability and constantly trying to find balance. And I think to myself, how does Murad Subay find balance? There is one thing that gives me stability. It's to keep moving. It's maybe escaping. Uh, maybe, maybe it's escaping also. I don't like to give myself to think a lot about uh, situations. Anything, if there is something annoying me, ah, try to make it a project. Because I'll tell you this. I stopped seven months in a war without doing anything. It was the most critical and hectic situation. One of the most in my life. When you think really, really, really dark, moments when you start to talk to yourself Rahman, and you do not differentiate between the reality and the non-reality this is a moment you will reach it when you feel a life families and uh, marriages collapsing your country collapsing your friends dying and uh, economic nothing there is no horizon but this is why how i'm learning from that experience to not let myself even thinking a moment sometimes people they ask me here they say hey how you keep smiling and even you came from this <laughs> a really dear friends they tell me how we have just some people they have a problem with their girlfriends or they have a dog uh, problem you know and these are sad you know and, and you are just laughing because it's a choice i chose to be happy and to laugh you know and i will keep continue because there is only just remains maybe a half of my life or less in this life it's an opportunity to be alive even if it is hard you know we have to appreciate it, you know. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm i hearing you. I'm listening to you. I'm hearing these incredible stories. And I hear a lot of life and joy in you. And yet you're dealing with things that are really heavy and that are really difficult. And you're dealing with things that you have seen and experienced in your own family in your own neighborhood, amongst the people that you love, that I think would have broken some people and, and have broken them. But you don't seem to be broken to me. You seem to exude this incredible strength. And, and so I want to know, Murad, what do you draw on to do the work that you do and to, to give voice and life to places where life is being taken away? It's definitely in one word. It's the love. The love for the things you do. The love for, for the idea just we are, you know, that we are not alone maybe in this world, you know. It says so much, you know. I in, mean, in I, I'm trying to be philosophical, but it's, it's just one word, you know. It's just the love, you know. The love, the love. It's, you know, it's not the love, the form of love between two partners, you know. It's the love in its biggest uh, form, which is to everything, beauty, to the idea, to the, the universe, to human beings, to nature, you know, it's, it's this, you know. 
Murad Subai, tell me about a moment of joy or a moment of meanness that recently came to you as an unexpected visitor. Since we already speak about always just, you know, nice things, you know, we didn't speak about really mean things of human beings. We are not clear. There is always a, a dark spot in us, you know. The meanness, when you start to believe the dark side of your life, this is a moment where you have to be careful. As my brother used to say, don't believe your ego because it's like the black hole. Can't swallow it. Mm. And I believe that the only enemy of somebody is their tongue, their behavior. And I'm just, you know, trying to do my best, you know, to fight even this dark side of you, you know, not to leave the war. As Jalaluddin Rumi, he said, Maulana Jalaluddin Rumi, he said that when you live in a war, when you escape from this war or a difficult situation, live your life as a survivor, not as a victim. Murad Subai, it's been such an honor and privilege to have you on This Being Human. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to This Being Human. We'll include links to some of Murad Subay's art in the show notes. This Being Human is produced by Antica Productions in partnership with TVO. Our senior producer is Kevin Sexton. Our associate producer is Haley Choi. Our executive producer is Laura Regeer. Stuart Cox is the president of Antica Productions. Mixing and sound design by Phil Wilson. Our associate editor is Cameron McIver. Original music by Boombox Sound. Shagoyeg Tajvidi is TVO's managing editor of digital video and podcasts. Lori Few is the executive for digital at TVO. This Being Human is generously supported by the Aga Khan Museum. Through the arts, the Aga Khan Museum sparks wonder, curiosity, and understanding of Muslim cultures and their connection with other cultures. The museum wishes to thank the Hillary and Galen Weston Foundation for their generous support of this being human.